Hello and welcome to Happy Hour on the Fringe. Fringe Arts is Philadelphia's premier presenter of contemporary performing arts and the presenting institution at the Blue Heaven Comedy Festival coming up February 7th and 8th here at Fringe Arts. I'm Zach Blackwood, an artistic producer here at Fringe Arts. And I'm Raina Searles, marketing manager here. And we invite you to pour one up and enjoy our conversations with some of the most imaginative people on this plane of existence. Today, we are very excited to be on the phone with a talented actress, comedian, and writer who will be gracing the Fringe Arts stage for Blue Heaven, Megan Stalter. Welcome, Megan. <laughs> Hi. You guys have a really amazing voices. You sound both really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you both sound really good. So how are you? I'm good. Yeah. It took me a second to figure out. I kind of like forgot how to call with my phone. I never, like, dial numbers. <laughs> I'm so, like, texting all the time. I was like, wait, how do I call them? <laughs> but I figured it, yeah. How, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> the rotary. So, as it is, um, happy hour here at 1 p.m.? At 1 p.m. Are you drinking anything on the phone with us, Megan? I'm having a chamomile tea. <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking a little a little can of ginger ale. Oh, it's like a Canada Dry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Not sponsored yet. I guess now I'm acting like I'm getting paid to say it, but that's like the only kind of ginger ale I like. No sweats ever. No reeds. <laughs> so, when I saw you, actually, I was at New York Comedy Fest, and you were uh, performing uh, with Brett Davis for Podcast for Laundry. Oh, so my gosh. I don't know if you remember me. I was in a, a pink polka-dotted T-shirt, and you adopted me. Wait, yes. I do remember. I didn't know that that was you. I didn't know that the person calling today was that person, but of course I remember you. I talked to you the whole time, and I was yes. really, I was loving you, and you you were my only person I trusted in there. Because Brett is so mean to you because you need a laundry <laughs> It was really early. So my first question, uh, where is Brett Davis buried? Um, I can't, I'm not allowed to tell you it, but it is in really close to my backyard. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not in the yard, but I don't, but it's close. Yeah. And he's really, he's, you will, if anybody wants to listen, he's really, really horrifying to me in there. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was going to be something that like was like this podcast, nice, normal. Yeah, and then he was a, a bit of a, a taskmaster. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally well, misleading. So, so let's switch to, to nicer topics. Uh, <laughs> Vulture recently named you uh, a, a comedian we need to know, and uh, we wanted to learn a little bit about uh, your start so that the audience who needs to know about this can, can know about it. So you're from Ohio. Uh, can yes. Can you tell us a bit about your, like, earliest introduction to comedy? Like, when were you like, this is mine? Um, I, yeah. I I um, was always, always, like, wanting to do theater. We did a lot of, like, home videos when we were little. In high school, I, like, was in theater, but I wasn't, like, I never got the parts. And, like, um, and then I had a theater teacher who, like, didn't love me, but, like, everybody in the drama club did. So then I was, like, (laughs) 
I, like, never got a part, but I was somehow, like, the president of Thesbians or something. Like, they voted me in past her. Like, it was really, I was really uh, clowning around. <laughs> and then, Wait, you were? I was president of Thesbians. You were? Yes. Oh, and I'm oh my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know anybody even else had, like, knew about the thespian society. Like, I didn't know that every school, does every school have that? Or, like, oh, just no. our school? Wow. No, I, I was in, I grew up in Central Florida, and uh, the Florida State Thespian Festival is the biggest student theater festival in <gasps> the United States, or it was oh for God. a period of time, and it was deeply competitive. It was really, really horrific. Joey Fatone's sister was our solo musical judge. Oh, my God. <laughs> is the Thespian Society like a fancier version of the drama club? Yeah, okay. kind of. I feel like I don't remember having any, like, special things that I got to do. Like, I just remember there being a ceremony <laughs> and, like, wearing a sash. Sort of. Yeah, it's the ancient Greek version of a drama club, right? Yes, yeah. I think it's, like, a little bit more formal, but it's still pretty much. Like, I feel like we also had a president of drama club, too, but, like, the Thespian was, like, better. I don't know. I just, I couldn't believe that I was it because, like, I barely got any of the parts. A black tie toga party drama club. (laughs) Yeah. It's sort of scary now that we're talking about it, right? It kind of sounds scary. It does, right? And there's uh, in your first year, you're called a neophyte. <laughs> oh, so you're full out, like the size. <laughs> yeah. It was stupid. I mean, I don't know what you're expecting. Mine was. Mine was. Mine was yeah. My, I, mine. We didn't really do much. I just. It was kind of more of a title that, like, my drama teacher definitely didn't want me to have. Like, I was the one that would be talking during rehearsals because I didn't have any lines, and like, <laughs> I wasn't like I wasn't like a a good uh, student of drama clubs, I don't think. Um, but, yeah, I did that, and then I think I, I, I like, I, I kind of took a break because, like, I didn't realize it could be, like, a career, and um, then I did some improv. I started doing improv and stand-up a little bit in Ohio, but um, right before I moved to Chicago, but I got um, sort of famously kicked out of an improv <laughs> theater. <laughs> well, I was, I was basically added to one of their shows, and... It was like a Shakespeare improv show, and I don't know any Shakespeare. And the owner of the theater kept getting super mad at me because I was really jokey. And I guess I, like, killed everybody in the play and, like, or the show. And he kind of was like, you need to take more classes or, like, get off my stage. And he was like, and you're doing a lot of stand-up. Like, you need to pick one. He was like, you'll never have a career in stand-up. He was, like, really sort of, I'm not going to drag the theater, but he was sort of horrible to me. And then I moved to Chicago, yeah. That's kind of the background. I love that. You ruined this person's life. Uh, like your drama teacher as well. Just leave his body yeah. in your way as you approach Chicago. Well, I, I actually want to walk back because I feel like we glossed over these uh, home videos. What happened in these home videos that you were making when you were a kid? Oh, my God. We made so – it was kind of all I wanted to do. Like, we would have full horror movies or we would do – um like, fake talk shows or, like, there's one online where it's, um, basically I did this entire, like, Christmas special for my family, but, like, nobody wanted to watch it, and it was, like, it's so embarrassing going back and watching it. It's, like, me, like, sexually singing Santa Baby in one part, and then I'm doing, like, a house tour 
in another part, like, leading up to Christmas. I'm, like, interviewing family members. I mean, it was all these videos. There's everything. We've done ev- We did a lot of, um, like, you know those movies where someone switches bodies, like Freaky Friday? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We would definitely, de- we've definitely done a couple versions of that. <laughs> I love that. Like, sexually singing Santa Baby and giving a house tour, it reminded me a little bit of the Mariah Carey crib where she wore yeah. the full basketball gown and got in the bathtub, and I'm just imagining that now. <laughs> oh, my God. It was very that. It was very that vibe. Someone very that vibe. Like a frame-for-frame frame remake of that, that MTV Cribs <laughs> That show is so crazy. I can't believe it's a full show. <laughs> I still watch that no, stuff. No, no but you can, like, watch YouTube stuff of it, or, like, I love um watching those those um like vogue interviews where they're like these famous people now like showing their houses like there's one really funny one online of Liv taylor and she's doing like the craziest house tour like saying the craziest stuff so so then you end up in chicago um yes. and it, kind of what drew you there was it just the comedy scene or uh was it for uh, other opportunities out there like what was like uh your your impetus for hopping on on the train or the bus to get in your car yeah, it was all, it was definitely for comedy. I was um, doing those improv classes in Ohio just to, like, get ready to move. It's just, like, I, I tried so many different things in school, and, like, I was, like, all I really want to do is perform, so let's just try it. And I um, remember two of my friends were moving there for comedy. I didn't even know people moved there for comedy, um, and I just, like, couldn't afford to go to New York or L.A. yet, so I was, like, oh, I should just go if people go to Chicago for it, I'll just go. <laughs> I, like, even thought about going. Someone told me that there's a really big comedy scene in, like, Austin, Texas, and I thought about going there. Like, I just needed really to go hot. somewhere with – Yeah, I just – yes, exactly. I, I don't do well in the heat, honestly. I, I truly mm. am Midwestern. And, um, I, I was, like, I need to just go somewhere with more comedy. So that's that's what uh, drew me to Chicago, and it's, it was, like, the best decision ever. Oh, that's great. Yeah. When did you start Freak Fest? Oh, gosh. When did I start it? You know, not until probably I started like a couple years ago. Maybe I was probably in Chicago two or three years before starting it. But that show really did um, like change a lot of stuff. Like I um, I feel like I learned how to curate a better show when doing that. We don't, uh, they still do it in Chicago, uh, which is really cool. And, um, yeah, I just, like, I don't know. It was, like, uh, pretty cool to do, to meet, like, so many different alt performers and, like, have a show that I've always wanted to do. It was, like, sort of a variety show. Um, I do it with um, Richie Owens and Steve Gerrard. Mm-hmm. We're actually going to do a Chris Gethard Presents next week as Freakfest. Yeah, I'm really excited because we haven't done it in a while. There's a really amazing crew now that does it in um, Chicago still, Lily Reed and uh, – very clean, and there's just a million of wonderful people that do it now. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do it next week. So that'll be fun. We've never done it like um, a filmed, uh, like I guess we've filmed shows before, but like we've never done it like this. Oh, I am curious if um, working to curate the festival has informed your own practice in different ways, or made you think about your own work differently than you were before. With the with Freak Fest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, 
So basically, it was a variety. It's a variety show that was like monthly, and it uh, was at the Hideout, which is like the my favorite place to f- perform in the whole world. And it was um, it's helped me with my own work because we just pretty much did whatever we wanted. Uh, we kind of wrote like um, it was almost like a short play, and then we had variety acts around it. But it it really changed the way I performed because it was just like oh, we can just do whatever. We could just think of the weirdest thing we want to do, thing that makes us laugh, and like find out how to make it work on stage. Like whether that's a five-minute set or like a whole show. I feel like um, I have a solo show now that I do a lot. That I feel like that show really helped write this show. Just being like, oh, you can just do whatever you want on stage. There's not really any rules, you know. Well, that makes me deeply happy because I I want to talk a little bit about kind of your web presence, like the worldwide web, like snail trail of, like, Megan Stalter experience. <laughs> okay. um, so you're all over Twitter, and you also have a really fantastic YouTube show, which is kind of how I first learned about uh, your work, was through the Megan Stalter show. Oh, um, thank you. you <laughs> like to operate in that kind of YouTube sphere that comes with all of the, you know, uh, a different kind of set of celebrities, a very different audience, kind of, uh, how, how do you think of yourself as, uh, Megan Salter is a YouTuber. I like, I mean, that show is truly one of my favorite things to do in the world. Um, it was, um, Nick Moore makes it with me. He lives in Chicago and he just, just, we work together so well and we just really wanted to do a show where like, oh, I just want to get myself out on the internet. Like, I feel like in Chicago, it's like the best place to start, but there's not like a lot of people. A lot of industry there. Uh, there's a little bit more now, but um, I just was like, oh, there's, like, I'm not ready to move yet. I want to get myself seen by, like, more people. I really want to do, like, a talk show, and Nick wanted to do it. And I'm like, but everybody does a talk show, and we created this together. And it's, um, I don't know, I feel like that and being on Twitter has really changed everything for me because, like, it was such a cool way to, like, I don't know, meet people you wouldn't normally meet or, like, get your stuff out there, and it's, like, I don't know, show me that people really do want to see, like, weirder stuff, or, like, there is an audience for this, like, alt-comedy sort of thing, where, like, a lot of times you meet people, or, like, clubs, they're, like, yeah, they don't want to see your stuff, or, like, you're too weird, or whatever, and I, online showing me that, oh, like, people really want to see it, or, like, there's a specific audience, and I would rather, like, a specific group like me than, like, more people that are liking everything, I guess. Yeah, I love I love doing that that show. I feel like um, everybody that that always that wants to do it and um, like the cast and crew are just so amazing. Like the us, it makes me laugh so hard. But yeah, I think um, the like the online videos has helped me connect with people that I wouldn't normally. I love that. Well, this is a question we ask to all of our um, you know superstar internet celebrity friends. Uh, when and why will you be canceled? When and why will I be? I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, did you see something that I didn't yes, see? Because I, <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't know I was. Okay, so I think I'll be canceled. I was actually telling my roommates this other night. I feel like I could see myself, like, being, <laughs> I could see myself sleeping with somebody that is married. And it's not, I'm, everybody is, is, and I know that's not a reason to be canceled, but I bet, like, I'll accidentally sleep with the wrong person that, like, I don't know, the <laughs> the president of Netflix or something, and then, like, his <laughs> wife finds out. <laughs> and it's not because I want to sleep with someone that's married. I could just see myself getting into a situation where it's like, 
God, why did we do that or whatever? And me being like, no, you have to stop calling me. I can't see cheating on someone, but I could see accidentally <laughs> going out with somebody that's married. <laughs> so just pivoting a little bit to uh, your uh, show here coming up uh, as part of Blue Heaven, what can you uh, tell us, uh, what, what little breadcrumbs can you share with us about your performance at Blue Heaven? Oh, um, I guess I could say that um, you'll, it'll be kind of um, not really traditional stand-up. I'd say a little bit of my um, – a, a kind of a a, a little bit – a small version of my solo show that I do now, which is um, just so much fun. And uh, so kind of like some – I'd say off the wall. <laughs> Expect something off the wall and a little bit different, but it all makes sense. And um, – I'm doing that show with Sarah Sherman, who is, well, people know her as Sarah Gorman. She's one of my best friends, and she's absolutely amazing, and you guys are going to be obsessed with her. And you probably already are. Sarah yeah. actually performed in the first Blue Heaven last year, and is the only return act coming. We could not sing. Really? She's yeah. so good. I, I'm, I love her. She's she. I'm so happy to get to hang out with some. She's such a close friend, and she lives in L.A. But yeah, I am um, really happy for her to... Yeah, I'm really excited that she's coming back. I wanted to engineer this reunion between the two of you. It's really my entire curatorial strategy. <laughs> so can you tell us about anything that's coming up for you in the future, anything that you want to plug that's coming out soon or stuff that you have in the works? I'm going to be doing in the next couple months of uh, the my solo show at different places. Um, if you if anybody's around, but it's uh, uh, an evening of mayhem with Megan Salter, which the title was a joke, but now I have to use it because I kept doing the show. Um, and then <laughs> we're definitely we definitely have a Valentine's Day special uh, of the Megan Salter show, which is like it'll be like eight minutes and it'll be online and it's really fun. Uh, yeah, that, more Megan Salter show stuff. Definitely listen to um, the National Anthem and the Moon Radio Hour, which is a podcast that uh, I wrote and with uh, a wonderful group of people that's already out um, and performed in. And yeah, that's already, that's there. And then, yeah, just see some more online stuff coming. <laughs> so that, that all sounds easy exciting. I'm so excited for National Lampoon Radio Hour, uh, which will also feature Cola Scola, who was on last week's Blue yeah. Heaven. So a lot of uh, fun stuff going around. Joe Firestone, Lorelai Ramirez, who's going to be uh, Oh, I love them. Yeah, so much good stuff happening. Um, thank you so much, Megan. Do you have anything else that you want to say to the audience, like where they can catch you online? Um, oh, my God. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, I guess I'd just say to, yeah, I don't know, follow um, follow all of our Twitters. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this was so much fun. I can't wait for the festival. I'm so excited. You've been to Philadelphia before. Is there anything you love about this? Yes. Place? Yes, I uh, have been there before um, at the Good Good Theater, which was so much fun. But I've only been, like, once maybe. But, yeah, I'm really excited. What do you know about Philly? What's your favorite thing about the city? Um, oh, God, you guys have a really, really good oh, – that probably is classic everyone says, but you guys do have really, really good food. <laughs> I feel oh, like, yeah. Um, yeah, really <laughs> amazing food, really amazing comedy. I feel like I could see – yeah, I could see you raising a family there. 
And I continue moving there. I get, I start moving there. I move there now. But it's such a fun, I don't know, everybody, everybody's so nice there. The food's amazing. I'm so excited to go back. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for joining us. And we're so, so excited to see you coming up at Blue Heaven, February 7th and 8th of 2020. Uh, you can find Megan and 10 other comedians in that lineup online at fringearts.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, and download the Fringe Arts app. Thank you again, Megan, and bye to all Thank you. Listeners.